Stacy for, for doing that for us. So again, perfected by love, this life I now live is the name of the message. And today we'll be understanding that to truly love ourselves is to lose ourselves and be made new by the love of God in Christ Jesus. Can you bow your heads as we go into this portion of the service? God, we open up your word. And for your word to be open, it means Jesus is present. Because Jesus and the word are inseparable. He was the word made flesh. So God, as this word is poured out to your sheep this morning, may it be food and nourishment to their souls. But I'm asking God, in the name of Jesus Christ, again, that you would help us fall out of love with the wrong versions of ourselves. Help us to fall out of love with this world. For your word says that if we love the world, that the love of the Father is not in us. God, would you help us to understand that this message isn't for the person sitting beside us? And help us to understand, God, that this message was sent just for us, and that's me included. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be here to loose us from lies so that truth would prevail and make us free. Some of us, unfortunately, are in love with the wrong version of ourselves. And because of this, we are chasing the world. We are living in sin and we are neglecting our spiritual life. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that because of this message that people will go to heaven instead of hell. I pray that because of this message, God, that we will become spiritually healthy and more one with you than we've ever been before. I ask that you would move me out of the way. I ask for your anointing to be upon me to both teach and preach this word as if it were you doing it, Holy Spirit. I also ask, God, that you would open up their ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to the church this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. If we're honest with ourselves, some of us don't really, really love ourselves. We struggle with self-love because... We think maybe we're not supposed to love ourselves. That's wrong. Uh, the Bible says uh, that we are, though, that we're supposed to love ourselves, right? Because we have to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. It's so important to realize that. But some of us haven't always been saved. Some of us have done some sinful, terrible things. Some of us still have bad thoughts and mess up and sin occasionally. And we're like, well, how can I love this version of myself? I struggle with loving me. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but if we were being honest this morning, some of you struggle with loving yourself. You might love the Lord, you might love others, but when it comes to you, you say, you know what? I don't know how much I really love me. And we got to distinguish who you are this morning so love can go to the right place. Holy Spirit, I need your help desperately in this moment. I pray that there will be no interruptions. I pray that there will be a holy flow from heaven into this atmosphere, God, so that we can grow from this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. So to truly love ourselves is to lose ourselves and be made new by the love of God in Christ Jesus. So what does this mean? It means that there's a version of yourself that has to die. There's a version of yourself that must be sacrificed. There's a version of yourself that is no good. As Paul said, that in this flesh, I find that there is no good thing. 
And if we're not careful, if we love the wrong self, we can find ourselves headed far away from God and far away from heaven. Because there are no promises to the sinner for eternal life except the gift of Jesus Christ. Some of us have been very poor in self-love. And when you're poor in self-love, you make very poor decisions. You make decisions that affect your right now. You do what feels good instead of what is good. We need to learn how to love our right self. Let's go to Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 27. And it says this, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So it sounds to me that there was a revelation this man had that says, you know what? I'm going to die one day. Church, can you say this with me? I'm going to die one day. So he had a revelation to say, one day I'm going to die, and I will either go with the Father, or I will go with the, the, the demons and, and those that have been marked for hell. Hell was not made for me. I don't want to go there, but I, I realize this, and the older I get, I see more people I love moving to heaven. The older I get, the better heaven looks to me. I don't have a death wish. I don't want to go anywhere right now. But just like some of you have some friends that moved to Florida, and it might be a little bit better there in the climate. I know it's getting cold there a little. But you say, man, a lot of my friends have moved to Florida. Well, I can say this this morning. A lot of my friends and a lot of my family members have moved to heaven. And heaven's looking a lot better the older I get. Okay? So we're going to die, and we need to know where we're going to go, and we've got to love the right version of ourselves. So he asked Jesus this, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Church, can you say eternal life? Eternal life. It is very hard to preach a funeral when you don't know if that person gave their life to Jesus Christ or not. It's the hardest thing that I can do as a preacher is preach a funeral of someone if I don't know they made it to heaven or I didn't see the fruit of their lives. I didn't hear the profession of their lives. I didn't see the sign of heaven, the mark of Jesus Christ on their life. 18, he says this, why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You, see, see, Jesus said this, I know what you already know, okay? You know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Church, can you say this with me? Perfected, Perfected. by love. love. Come on. We need to be perfected by love. I don't need to just know who Jesus is. I need to receive who he is so that I might have eternal life. I don't want to just know about God. I want to know who God is for myself, okay? And so he got excited that he had obeyed all these commandments since he was young. Verse 21, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Remember, perfected by love. Say this with me, church. Lord, Lord perfect, me perfect me 
with your love. Okay, so Jesus felt genuine love for this man who wanted eternal life. And he was, going to, he was about to release into him perfection. If you do this, you will have eternal life. I love you so much that I'm not going to leave you thinking that you're right with me. I'm going to allow you to be perfected by me through obedience to what I'm about to say. Perfected by love. And he said this. Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told them, him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So this young man was excited the whole time until he heard what it would take for him to be perfected by love. I pray in Jesus' name that every single one of you, you're not just doing the minimum. You're not just doing the basics that God asked for, but you truly have a longing in your heart to say, Lord, I want to be perfected in love. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to go through life thinking that I was on my way to heaven only to find out that I missed the mark. I want to be perfected by love. Lord, what am I missing? And he told him exactly what he was missing. He said this, at, it says this in verse 22, at this, the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. Church, he loved the wrong version of himself. You see, he knew that he had to have eternal life, but the life that he was living then and now seemed more precious to him. Not know, Well, knowing that he was going to die, he bowed his head and said, you know what? What you're asking me for is too expensive. The cost of eternal life is too expensive. I'd rather enjoy my life now than have eternal life. Verse 23, Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? This amazed them. But Jesus said again, dear children, it's very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. So we see, church, that the rich young ruler loved the wrong version of himself. Will you ask God this question out loud? Will you say this with me? God, God. Am, I am I loving the wrong me? The wrong me. Man. Am I loving the wrong me? Am I loving the me that lives just for a little while? Or am I loving the new me that is found in you? Here's something that we learned about the rich young ruler. How you spend your time and money will show which version of yourself you love the most. Ooh. How you spend your time and money will show you which version of yourself you love the most. And this man refused to be perfected in love. Remember, verse 21 says, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. And said, there is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all you have and give it to the poor. Jesus knew that this was that one thing. Oh, man. Church, can you say this? Lord, Lord 
show me that one thing. Church, come on. Don't you want to know it now? Don't you want to know it now? Like, what's that one thing? I'm so close. But what's that one thing that I'm doing that shows that I love me? Because this is the truth. It shows that I love me more than I love you. What are those things that I am unwilling to give up because the price is too high? So, in order for anything to be love, there must be sacrifice and obedience. So, what is love then? John 3.16 says this, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So, God's love for the world equals this. So remember, if it's love, there has to be two things present. There has to be sacrifice and there has to be obedience. So how did God prove his love to the world? Number one, it was the sacrifice of his son. And then it was the obedience of Jesus to die on the cross. So since love came to save us, the redemption of that love is accepting salvation. So the, the single greatest thing that a person can do that proves they love themselves is to receive the love of the Father, which is the salvation that he gave, and proving that he loved us uh, by sacrificing Jesus Christ for us. The single most important act of self-love is to receive his love and say, okay, I love myself enough to be saved. If I told you all that at 1140, that the foundation of, there will be an earthquake and the foundation of this building was going to crumble. And we only have six minutes now to get out of the building. If you loved yourself, you would listen and you would obey. And you would say, okay, I sacrificed the rest of my time here. I sacrificed any stuff I don't have time to pack, and I am leaving, okay? So the greatest measure or the greatest act of self-love is to receive salvation. Can you say salvation? salvation? If you reject salvation, you don't love yourself. Your real self, the self, the part of you that will go on. Well, well, let, me, let me correct this. We all live forever. Every single one of you will live forever. It's just about, as the real estate agents would say, location, location, location. It's about where you spend that eternity. And if you really love yourself, the greatest expression of self-love is to receive and redeem the love of God. So, true self-love is to receive and redeem the love of God and all of his promises. So, let me introduce you to the new you. How do I get a new me? The old you that was born in sin is, has a GPS set directly for destruction and for hell. I never taught my kids how to lie, but they lie. I never sat them down and said, hey, if you want a cookie before dessert or before, before uh, dinner, here's what you do. You tell mom that, hey, mom, can I help you cook? Yeah. Okay, mom, do you need anything from the pantry? Yeah, give me the rice. Okay, and then when she says get the rice, the cookies are in there, and you just eat a cookie right there. I never taught my kids how to do that. Don't have to, because the old version of you is sinful. Church, can you say sinful? sinful. 
the old version of you is sinful, but there is a new version of you that is available, okay? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. So the true mark of salvation is that there is a new you now. See, a lot of people say the prayer up here, and a lot of people, and I think it's real dangerous when you grew up in church. I just think it's real dangerous when you grew up in church because you're around religion, right? But is, has Jesus found a home in you? Have you really been born again? I can tell you this. I grew up in this building, and I left a heathen. My father was the pastor, right? I got the messages all around me. But just because you are hearing it doesn't mean it's getting in. And then there has to be a response, right? So to be born again is to have to be made a new creation in Jesus Christ. Church, can you say this to me? The old life, the old life. is gone. gone. See, when you really love the new you, you understand that there's a difference between the old life and the new life. The new you, the, 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 the reason that it's love is because you obediently obey the commands of Jesus Christ and you sacrifice something. Well, what do we sacrifice? The old life, my sinful self, my, my lust, my, my desires for the world, my passions. I, I sacrifice that so that I might have a new life in Christ. Here's what you need to know. The old you wants to live for the sinful pleasure it can have now. The new you wants to live forever. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering of our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So if you loved yourself, you'd be willing to give up more of yourself to Jesus. So, man, it's like, uh, I think we need to ask ourselves, it's like, um, how much of me belongs to Jesus? Like, some of us just want fire insurance, right? It's like, I just don't want to go to hell when I die. Like, that's the main reason I come to church. That's the main reason that I, you know, say I love the Lord. But, but I'm still living the old life. Like, there's no real dynamic change in me. It's just that I don't want to go to hell. But that's not enough because we found that when the rich young ruler said, I want eternal life. When he found out the true cost, he's like, I guess I don't want eternal life. So we need to ask ourselves, have I really received eternal life by letting myself go? Let's keep going. So which you do you love? Let's go to Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. I hope this is sinking in. And Father, I pray that this is not a message of condemnation, but conviction. Because I'm seeing so many people die around me that I do not want to be in charge of anyone's soul in which, God, they think they are right with you, but truly they are on their way to be separated from, from you for all eternity. So I pray in this moment that you would wake us up. Satan, the Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. Anyone that hears my voice that thinks they're saved and on their way to heaven but is not, may they wake up in this moment and say, Father, I repent. I give you my whole self. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, can you say, my whole self? Listen to this, Acts 5, verses 1 through 11. But there was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife Sapphira sold some property. 
he brought part of the money to the apostles. How much of the money? Part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full of the amount. How much of his life? Part. How much of the money? Part, okay? Claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. You kept some of your life for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. Man, that, that sinks in deeply, right? So um, we assume that we're all saved. I mean, we're seeing each other. We're serving in ministries. We have an assumption, right, a safe assumption that the people that we come to church with and worship with and serve with, we have an assumption that they've given their full life to God. But if they are lying, they're not lying to us. Who are they lying to? To God. Verse 5, as soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some, so that tells me that the fear of the Lord needs to come back to the church. The fear of the Lord needs to return to the church. I'm afraid that his mercy for us is so great sometimes that we don't fear him anymore. But when you start seeing people die around you, and when you start doing funerals, you'll say, you know what? Tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not promised. So I need to be sure that I've given my full life to God. Verse 7, about three hours later, his wife came in. Not knowing what happened, Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? this the, young man who bar, the young men who buried your husbands are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. You see, they love the wrong versions of themselves, and it cost them their lives. Say this with me, church. They loved, they loved. the wrong version, the wrong version. Of, themselves, of themselves, and it cost them, it cost them. Their, lives. their lives. Man, church, the fear of the Lord must return to our hearts, right? Let's keep this going. Matthew 16, 24 through 26 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower. See, the cost of coming to church is easy. The cost of being in ministry is easy. But if you want to be his follower, right? If you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what, do you and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? So, church, which version, man, this is, man. Close your eyes for a moment. Father, as I release this question to your church, 
I pray, God, that revelation would come to them. I pray that an awakening would come to them as they hear this question. And here it is. Which version of yourself are you right now? Which version of yourself is in control since you've been saved? Is it the old you that's in more power, more control? Or is it the new you in Christ? You can open your eyes now. Which version of you did Jesus come to die for? And are they dead? You see, Jesus came to die for the sinner. And since we say, this, this message is really for those who are saved already, but I'll give those that aren't an opportunity at the end. But the question is, are you still the version of yourself that Jesus came to save? Are you still living life as a sinner? Are you professing Jesus Christ as your Savior, but you're still living in sin? So which version are you now? Let's go to Galatians 2.20. It says this. This is a powerful passage. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what does this mean? If you love yourself, you've sacrificed the sinful and dying version of yourself. So let's talk about time. Like, how do we know which version of ourself we truly are? The only way you'll really know is the way that you spend your time, the way that you think, the way that you are involved with people, the way that you serve God, the way that you love. Which version of yourself are you, right? What, what are your, here's, that's the word, Holy Spirit. What are your preferences, so if you've got the opportunity to watch Netflix, some, some ungodly show on Netflix for an hour, or to pray for an hour, which do you choose? What is your preference? Church, can you say preference? Your preference pronounces which you you really are, right? Your preferences, our preferences announce which one of us truly is in control. Right. So sometimes it's hard to pray. Why? Because that old man is in control of the preferences. Right. So um, many of you love to hold the remote control at home and nobody else can have it. Right. Why? Because it's my preference. And if I want to watch, watch reruns of Gunsmoke, that's what we are watching. OK. So whatever the person with the remote control does this is good. Don't miss this. Everyone else is subject to it, okay? So if the old you is still in control and makes the choices and has all the preferences, then the new spiritual man must be subject to it. So here, here's what I mean. If you watch a show that is full of nudity and full of cussing and full of violence, right, and the old man picks it, there should be something on the inside of you happening where the new you is like, no, no, I don't want to see this. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to watch this. Get this ungodly filth away from me. But the stronger version of yourself will always prevail. 
You hear what I'm saying? So the spirit man, if we've spent no time in prayer, if we spent no time in the word, the spirit man is going to be weak and never strong enough to rise up and take the remote control back from the flesh, back from the carnal man. So if you love yourself, you are owned, you are now owned and operated by Jesus. Let that sink in. If you truly love yourself, and Galatians 2 and 20 is true for you, then you are now owned and operated by Jesus. Can you say Jesus? So let's, let's see what this looks like. Do you know how you guys would live if Jesus came back and lived with you at your house? How things would change, right? See, that's how we know the difference between is it the old me driving or is it the new me in Christ? Because, oh my goodness, there should be no difference in the way that we live our lives if Jesus lived with us and went to work with us in the way that we live now. Do you know why? Because it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives where? In me, not just with me, but in me. So the new saint of God, the person that you're supposed to be in love with, right, is now owned and operated by Jesus. If you love yourself, you only live by faith in Jesus alone now. Can you say this with me, church? I love me, I love me. By, faith. by faith. Come on now. I love me by faith. By the faith in the fact that Jesus has saved me and separated me from my sin and that he is in control of all of my preferences. See, God knows who his true sons and daughters are. And the word of God says that those who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. So if you love your new self, the very best thing you can do is let go of all control and say, Holy Spirit, you can have my mind, you can have my activity, you can have my pleasures, like everything must be filtered through you. And the way that some of you appear to be looking at me right now is no different than the way the rich young ruler looked at Jesus and said, just shook his head and said, I'm walking away. I can't do that. But you know what? Jesus never asked us for something that he didn't give for us already. And, and, and in our Bibles, I mean, it's in here. You know what Jesus said about uh, the kingdom of heaven? He said it's hard to get there. It's impossible with men. But with God, all things are possible. I pray I'm preaching to the right crowd right now, Right? I pray that you don't love yourself so much that this message, you know what, I, 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 I repent of that. I pray that this message irritates the opposite of heaven out of you. I hope this message is getting on your nerves right now. I hope this message is bothering you and getting under your skin. Because this is a direct assault on the wrong you that's in control right now. This is a direct assault on the person that's trying to override the new creation that you're supposed to be in Jesus Christ. If you really love yourself, you recognize Jesus as the one who loves you and gave himself for you. So what does the sound of redemption sound like? So for those of us who have said, you know what, I love myself enough to 
lay down my old life and receive the new life from Christ. I love myself enough to resist every urge that I have actually just to die. See, here's our problem. Many of us are trying to fight sin all the time and resist sin, but the easiest way to beat sin is just to die. Just die already. Just pick up the cross and deny ourselves and receive the newness of life in Jesus Christ. You see, the reason that we fight sin so much, some of us, is because it's still the old you in there. If it was Christ, he has already defeated sin. He has all power and all authority over sin. So we just have to make a decision to say, you know what? I'm done living my life. I would rather have Jesus and the Holy Spirit be in control. Psalms 107 and 2 says this, Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. That's another way of saying, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39, and we're going to see what it sounds like to be redeemed. We're going to see what it sounds like when a person really, really loves the new self. What kind of power, what kind of faith, what kind of authority that these people have. And it says this, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Say this with me. Overwhelming victory. I don't believe you. Overwhelming victory is mine through Christ who loved me. Oh my goodness, that me is so big. So yes, we used to be sinners. Yes, we used to be lost. But now we live by faith in Jesus Christ and overwhelming victory is ours through him because he loves us. Verse 38, here's what the redeemed sounds like. And I am convinced. See, a person that has righteous self-love sounds like this. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what does the redeemed's life sound like? It sounds like this, I am convinced. Church, can you say that with me? I am convinced when you love, man, when you assume the new identity that you are in Jesus Christ, you are convinced of his love for you, and you understand that nothing can take you out. Not in heaven, not in hell, not on earth. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. And seeing that, we must able, be able to say that I love the new me. I love the new me. I hate the old me. How many of you hate when you mess up? You hate when you mess up. Man, why did I let him drive? Why did I let him drive? Right? I hate the old me, but I love the new me. 
Father, I, I need to pray for some folks because this, this is just so heavy in here today. So Satan, I re rebuke you now in Jesus' name. I resist the hold that you have on these people. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that those who are in, of us who are in love with the wrong version of ourselves, that our hearts will begin to break and say, what have I done? Just as Paul said to Ananias, what have you done? That you would lie to the Spirit of God. And he fell dead in that moment. God, I pray now in Jesus' name for deliverance to begin to happen in this place. I pray now, pray now in Jesus' name that the love that we have for the world and the love that we have for the wrong version of ourselves would begin to diminish so that true love could grow. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that we will begin to see our spiritual man. If he is weak, if he is bony, if he is sickly, show us what our spirit man looks like. Could our spirit man even make this journey to heaven? When we see in, even in ourselves that we don't have the, the, the desire or the strength to pray, the desire or the strength to read your word, what is going on? Something has hijacked us. If we're supposed to be born again, if we're supposed to be living our life in Christ, what is happening? Why do we love worldly stuff more than godly stuff? What is happening, God? Something is trying to hijack us, and it's the thief. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. God, what is wrong if we love sin more than righteousness? What is wrong, God, if we can sin against you and not feel bad about it? What is happening to us, God? How sick are we spiritually, God? How perverse are we spiritually if we love the world that you died to save us from more than the one that died to save us from the world? I pray against pride. The demonic attack, the spirit of pride that rests upon us, God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that pride be broken. In the name of Jesus, may, may the self-love that is wicked, may wicked self-love be broken in us in this moment. God, free us from this prison of unrighteous self-love where we love sin more than we love you. Show us, God, our preferences. Show us, God, when we pick something else over you. We pick our phone over our Bible. We pick the TV over prayer. Would you begin to show us, God, not in a condemning way, but in a convicting way? Begin to show us how our preferences don't line up. For your word says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Lord, would you show us where our hearts are this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Whew. This is rough, guys. I, I feel like when I get up here, the truer the message is, the more resistance I feel. And you might not be able to sense it or see it. So I'm asking for those of you that are filled with the Holy Spirit to just begin praying to yourselves in the Spirit. And that's something that you should always be doing already. So those of you that are filled with the Spirit and can pray in the Spirit for the rest of this message, would you please begin warfaring with me? I just feel like I'm in warfare right now because this message is so true that, that Satan has so attacked the body of Christ with things that uh, idols 
And the biggest idol that we have is in the mirror. We're, we're loving the wrong version of ourselves, and I feel like the, that God wants to gain ground in this message, but it's being resisted. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, as intercession goes forth in this house, Lord, that you would allow the enemy, Father God, to just flee. For your word says that we must submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he must flee. So, Father, in this moment, we submit ourselves to you so that we can resist Satan and that he has to flee. In Jesus' name, amen. Say this with me, church. I love... The new me. Man, it's, it's really Satan's agenda to not allow you to love the new you more than the old you. Because when you love the old you more than the new you, you you'll cater to fleshly and carnal things. You'll still be serving yourself. Man, we'll think that we're saved, but we're serving ourselves more than we're serving God. So to get a peek at the new you, we have to look at the life of Jesus. Kimberly, can you come, uh, please? Lord, I just pray that an anointing would come upon Kimberly to play right now. Not just to play because I asked her to, God. I pray that you would anoint her in this moment. Anoint her in this moment. I just pray right now in Jesus' name that she'd be able to tap into the new her. Tap into the gifted her, the her that is in Christ. And Lord, may she play sounds that she's never played before in this moment. Would you overshadow her like you overshadowed Mary? And you birthed the Son of God through her. And not just for Kimberly, I pray that for all of us right now. Oh, hallelujah. That, that your Holy Spirit will begin to overshadow us. Overshadow us. Overtake us. Overcome us. Because I feel, God, that the old us has tried to remove the new us in you. So listen, church, to get a peek at the new you, you have to look at the life of Jesus. Think about who Jesus was on this earth and who Jesus still is, and then that will give you a sneak peek at who the new you is right now. So Jesus is the son of God. And if you've been born again, you're a son and daughter of the most high God. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And if you've been born again and received the gift of the Holy Spirit, you are also full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had power over darkness. He did not sin, not one time. So if you've been born again, the new you has dynamic power over sin and darkness. You see, some of us, we feel like we've been troubled and tormented by demonic spirits at times. But Jesus, we saw that his activity with demons, that they would, they would bow down, they would throw themselves down and say, not yet, not yet, son of God, have mercy on, on us. Our time is not now. So this is what you need to know as children of the Most High God, that if you've been born again, that you put demonic forces on the run. So just as you saw the life of Jesus live, that's who the new you is. You need to fall in love with this person. In Jesus, sin had no control. So we need to know that, that when temptation comes for us, just like it did for Jesus, we're able to say, the word says this. The word says that, and it has no more control. Say this with me, church. Sin has no control over the new me. 
the new you has a, a, a pleasure, right? The new you lives to please the Father just as Jesus did. The old you lives only to please you in this moment, only what's best for you and what you need. It's unwilling to give up anything, especially its life. But the new you lives like Jesus because Jesus lives in the new you. The new you lives to please the Father. The new you is willing to sacrifice himself just like Jesus did. You've got to be willing to say, God, I give up everything for you. If you ask me to move, I'm moving. If you say, give my car away, I'm giving it away. There's nothing that I own, God, that I would not give you because you have my whole life. The new you does not live by bread alone. Jesus said, you shall not live. Men does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So I declare that the new you loves the Bible. The new you loves the word of God. The new you is energized daily off the word. The new you has a love for the word of God. The new you craves to hear his voice. This is the new you. The new you does, does, not, does not have a weak prayer life. The new you prays without ceasing. The new you wakes up praying. The new you prays throughout the day. The new you doesn't go to sleep without praying. The new you prays at work and prays in the car and prays in the shower. The new you has fellowship with God. The old you only has fellowship with this world. The new you has eternal life. You will go on to live forever. Listen, I don't know if I'll live longer than some of you, but there's a good chance that I may do some of your funerals in here. And I want to be able to do your funeral with joy. And say, so, you know what? I know for a fact that they loved God and they lived for him. That they were not the old you. They did not struggle with sin. Some of us, Lord, I just declare in the name of Jesus that those of us that think we are saved and think that we are holy and really are filthy that you would wake us up in this morning and this moment and say there is one thing I still require of you or there are seven things that I still require of you the new you is the light of the world the new you tells people about Jesus the new you is not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ the new you isn't silent when it comes to people dying around you the new you is willing to help people and to love people the new you is a a friend of sinners. A friend of sinners. That's the new you. The new you is who Jesus was on earth. For the word of God says that as Jesus was, so are we. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us. We are so wrong sometimes. We're supposed to be bearing your name, God. But yet we live for sinful passions and we live for sinful things and we call ourselves Christians. Who is this? Yes, God. We've got to ask ourselves, who is this? Who is alive in me right now? Have I been hijacked by the old sinful me? Am I still sinful? Am I still a sinner? Am I going to miss heaven? Who is this? Have I been born again? Am I really a new creation in Jesus Christ? Or am I just going through the, commo the, the, the motions and trying to follow commandments the best I can? But when I see your face, Lord, what will I hear? We don't want to hear, depart from me. I never knew you. 
We want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Lord, are we good and faithful? It's not enough to just be good. You've got to be faithful as well. The new you recognizes Jesus as the Savior, not just some religious figure. The new you recognizes Jesus as the Savior. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 says this, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Father, would you remove the blinders from our eyes, not just the unbelieving, but the believing as well. Because if we can leave here and we can go and watch pornography, if we can leave here and we can just cuss out somebody on the way to the next place we're going, if we can leave here and our mouth and our thoughts don't really honor God, then who are we really? You're known by your appetites. What do you hunger for? What do you thirst for? For the word of God says, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. So what's the opposite of that? If you hunger for the world, you'll be filled with the world too, and you'll be unrecognizable to God. He won't even know you. Doesn't matter if you sing the song. Doesn't matter if you sit on the front row. Doesn't matter how big your Bible is. Do you know Jesus Christ as Savior, and does he live in you? Is he really there? We say we're Christians, but is he really there? Does he really live in us? What do we subject him to? What are we doing at night? What are, what are we doing when we're out of the sight of other believers? How are we really living our life? If we really love the new us, then it's not us in control anymore. It's Jesus. People should be able to look at us and see Jesus. People should be able to be around us and experience Jesus. Is it really all about Jesus? Have we really sold and given everything that we might have? Jesus, who's on the inside of you? Who are you? Luke chapter 23, verses 35 through 43. Thank you for those who are praying. It's working. Those that were praying in the spirit, you just did something. Keep praying. Luke 23, 35 through 43 say this. Remember, if it's really the new you living in there, then you've recognized Jesus as the Savior. Luke 23, 35 says this. This is when Jesus was on the cross. The crowd watched and the leaders scoffed or made fun of him. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if, if he is really God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him, too, by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, made fun of him. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us, too, while you're at it. But the other criminal protested. Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man, church, can you say this man? 
This man hasn't done anything wrong. He recognized that this was the Messiah. He recognized that this was Jesus. Even when he was dying on the cross himself for for sins that he had committed. Verse 42, then he said, Jesus, remember me. Remember me. Church, can you say, remember me? I'm talking about the new you, not the old you. The only thing that we have to do with the old version of ourselves is is to just remember and say, this version of me is sinful. This version of me is no good. And I don't want anything to do with it anymore, right? I want to be distanced from this old version of myself. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Verse 43, and Jesus replied, I assure you, he's talking to that new him, right? I assure you today, when church? Today, you, the new you. But see, he was looking at a man who was dying on a cross who had been convicted of his sins, and he was talking to him like this. You will be with me in paradise. The thief on the cross loved himself enough to redeem the love of God. So then how are we perfected in self-love? It's impossible. It's impossible for the new version of you in Christ to go to hell. I repeat, it is impossible for the new version of you that is in Christ to go to hell because we must be born again. Listen to Romans 8, 1 and 2. So now, when church? So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Can you stand to your feet this morning? I've done funerals and buried so many people that have sat in the seats that you're sitting in right now. And they have heard very similar messages to the one that I just gave to you. We will die. It just matters in who we die. If you die in you, if you die in your sin, you will forever be lost. But if you die in Christ, you will have eternal life. Holy Spirit, this was not an easy message to preach, but it was a necessary one. And I ask in Jesus' name that you would get a hold of somebody's pride right now. I ask in Jesus' name that your grace and your mercy would flood this place. I ask that the truth of your Holy Spirit would shine a light upon us all to say, who are you? And not so much, who are you? Who are you doesn't change very much, but the question that must be answered this morning is, whose are you? Because if you still belong to yourself, you're going to be lost. But if you have surrendered your life and given everything for Jesus, 
then you will be saved. And that's just not an idea, right? That's just not faith because faith without works is dead. So don't tell me you love God. Don't tell me you're born again, but there's no real fruit. I don't see Jesus in you. The world doesn't see Jesus in you. Some of us have plans to celebrate the new year, but will we make it to the new year? So many of us assume that we've got tomorrow, but the Bible says take no thought for tomorrow. Who are you? It's time to be honest with yourselves. What's life been looking like? If Jesus had been following you around all year this year, and you get your report right now, what would he say? What did Jesus see you doing? What did Jesus hear you saying? And I'm not saying that to elevate sin, because we know that if you sin this year and you repented of it, then he doesn't even see it anymore. I'm talking about an unrepented lifestyle of repetitive sin, that you know tonight that you will sin again that you've got plans to sin, that you know that sin is still out there. That's not the new you. Say this with me, church. That's not the new me. Damn, Jesus. Holy Spirit, do a work on us. Do a work on us. Father knows who belongs to him. The Father knows who's his and uh, who isn't. And it's not what we say, it's how we live. Because listen, I can be so stupid sometimes and so naive that I think that if you come to this church and you serve, and you show up, and you, I think, here's what I'm thinking. I'm assuming this is the new you, right? I assume that every, every one of you that they attend this church, I'm assuming that I'm getting the new you. And you know what you're supposed to be assuming? That this is the new me too, right? That I'm not projecting one lifestyle in front of you and living a different one behind the scenes, right? Go ahead, Pastor.
Just lift your hands. I just pray for an impartation to happen in this morning, in this moment. An impartation of the promise. You see, Jesus said it's hard to get to the kingdom of heaven. And by the economic standard of that day and the way that you're living your lives right now, 
I don't care if you don't think you're rich, you are rich. You've got way more than people had back then. And he said, it's hard for the rich to get into heaven. But I want to tell you something. If you're a child of God, you're not just rich, you're blessed. You're blessed. And he says, with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. With God. And the only way that we're going to be with God is if we, if we allow the fullness of the Holy Spirit to come into ourselves. There's been too much mixture. There's been too much part of me and part of him. He's not looking for that. He's looking for us to give our whole life to him. Why? So that he can fill us with the Holy Spirit. It's the only way that we're the children of God is to be led by the Spirit of God. And if you barely have any Holy Spirit in you, then you can barely be led by the Holy Spirit, making you barely a child of God. But we're going to ask this morning for the fullness of the Holy Spirit to fall upon us because, God, we need you. Because with you, all things are possible. And you said that you would give us the Holy Spirit if we asked. So, God, we gather together in this moment just like they were in the upper room waiting for the promise we are in one mind and one heart right now. And our declaration is we can't do it without you, God. It's impossible to please you without faith. It's impossible to serve you without the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do is we're just going to ask and we're going to believe. Church, raise your hands and say this with me. Jesus, Jesus. I, surrender I surrender my body my mind, my soul, my spirit, all of me to you. I am a living sacrifice. I receive the love of the Father. I receive salvation. And now I ask in the name of Jesus, that you would fill me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, my entire being with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill me now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let it go. Come on, come on, come on. Some of you, some of you are about to speak in new tongues. Some of you are about to be hit with joy. Come on, come on, press in, press in, press in, press in. Begin to worship him. Begin to worship him. Begin to worship him. Press in. Don't, don't give up, church. Press in. Come on, press in. Press in. Press in. I give you me, God. I give you me, God. I give you me, God. Press in. Say, Lord, fill me. Lord, fill me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Press in.
Don't you leave, don't you leave this church without being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's your time right now. It's your time right now. Give them all of you. Don't be like Ananias and say, okay, I give you everything, but you're holding something back. Don't hold anything back. The Holy Spirit is not to be feared. He's to be revered. He's to be loved. He's to be revered. Love the Holy Spirit. Come on, say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me, Holy Spirit. I am yours. Just begin to ask Jesus to cleanse you. He wants to go into a clean house. Ask him to cleanse you. Wash me with your blood, Jesus. Wash me, God. Wash this house inside and out. Forgive me of my sins, God. I'm making myself ready. I'm I'm making myself ready for you to come and fill me, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now put your hands, put your hands on your belly. The Bible says that out of your belly shall flow rivers, woo, rivers of living water. So not from your mind, but from your belly, I want you to begin to worship the Lord. From the, from the depths of your soul, just begin to worship the Lord from the inside. Don't worry about your neighbor. Just begin to worship him in your own way. And out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Holy Spirit, minister. Holy Spirit, begin to fill them with yourself, God. Fill them with yourself, Holy Spirit. Fill them with yourself, Holy Spirit. Now, as you begin to worship, as you begin to worship, let go of your mouth and say, Lord, fill my mouth with your praise. Fill my mouth with your praise. Let it come from my belly, Lord. Let it come from my belly, Lord. Fill my mouth with your spirit. Hallelujah. Fill my mouth with your spirit, God. Fill my mouth with your words, Lord. Fill my mouth with your words, Lord. Clean my tongue. Clean my tongue. Clean our tongues, God, in the name of Jesus. And just begin to worship him. Worship him with a new sound. Worship him with a new sound, a new song. Whatever comes out of your mouth, bless the Lord with it. From your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Bless the Lord with it. Everyone should be saying something. Something audible should be coming out of your mouth right now. Bless the Lord with words. Bless the Lord with praise. Fill them, Holy Spirit. Fill them with praise, Lord. Fill them with praise, Lord. Fill them with praise, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Let it go. Let it go. Let the new sound come. Let the new tongue come. Let the new worship come. Let the new praise come. Stop trying to do it with your mind. Don't do it with your mind. Do it with the new spirit that lives inside of you. Say, Holy Spirit, worship the Lord from inside of me. Holy Spirit, worship the Lord from inside of me. Say this with me. Out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. Thank you, Jesus. Let the rivers flow. Let the rivers flow. Let the rivers flow. 
let the rivers flow. Let the rivers flow. We move the dams right now. Unbelief, go in the name of Jesus. Fear, go in the name of Jesus. Religious spirits, go in the name of Jesus. Pride, go in the name of Jesus. Everything that blocks living water from flowing, move now in the name of Jesus. Fear, go in the name of Jesus. Come on, worship Jesus like he's right in front of you. That's what you need to do. Worship him like he's in your face. Worship him like he's right in front of you. Pour out your worship on him. Pour out your worship. There's nobody else in the room right now but you and Jesus. Don't worry about your neighbor. Bless him with new sounds. Bless him with a new tongue. Bless him with worship from the bottom of your soul. Tell him how much you love him. Tell him how much you need him. Sometimes words aren't enough. Sometimes it's moaning and groaning. Sometimes words aren't enough. Sometimes we can't say the things we desire to say. Sometimes we can't pray the words we desire to pray. But the Holy Spirit will give us utterance with moanings and groanings. Just release a sound from your belly. Release the sound from your belly. It's like putting your ear on a, on a shell and hearing the ocean inside, right? So let Jesus listen to the sound of your belly. What does he hear? Let it come out of your, your mouth right now. What's going on? What's the worship that's happening inside of your soul? Let him hear it from your mouth. Just begin to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Lord, I bless you. Lord, I bless you. Lord, I bless you. Lord, I bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Say this with me, church. Lord. Lord.